We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. This is episode 11 and it's September 10th of 2021. I hope you guys are having a fantastic morning, evening, or afternoon, whatever it is that you are joining us over here on the podcast. This is the first videoed episode in this new room. We tried to do one yesterday, which I'm going to show a clip here in a second of that, but we had a little bit of audio video issues and I'm going to blame that 100% on Charles. Charles, my camera guy and editor. That's, I'm going to blame it on him because I am never at fault. If you guys did not know, there was a there's there's a there's a YouTube channel that's actually using my name, um, shocking, to and they're just uploading podcasts and it's titled like "Speak the Truth, Robert Turk." That is not me. That is just a random person. I know a lot of you guys went over there and subscribed for some reason. There's, he already has a thousand subscribers or a couple thousand subscribers and like four thousand views on the videos. That's that's not me. All the all the videos and the, the podcasts will still be uploaded to this channel. If you guys are listening through your earbuds and your earphones and your speakers on home on Spotify. It's just going to be uploaded to my YouTube channel. If you guys would like to see what the podcast studio looks like, you guys can go to my channel, either type in Lunkers TV or Robert Turkla. It will pop up the channel. It has, if it has close to 2 million subs, that's me. If it has 2,000, that is not me. So at the gate, we have Biden announcing new vaccine mandates that could, that could cover around 100 million Americans. It's, it's actually, no, that's what it does cover. It says right here, could cover 100 million Americans. On Thursday, Biden imposed a stringent new vaccine rules on federal workers, large employers, and healthcare staff in sweeping attempts to contain the latest surge of COVID-19. The new requirement could apply to as many as 100 million Americans. So basically, this is saying, if you want to work for the government, if you want to work for the federal uh, agency, if you guys are a, a contractor of some port that is working for the government, you have to be vaccinated to be able to work for them. He, he goes on to state this. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal, your refusal has cost, cost us all. Excuse me, I could not find my words. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> so he goes on to say, "We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost us all." That's what Biden had just said in his hardening tone towards Americans who still refuse to get the vaccine. So the way that he states it is more like a dictatorship than an actual leader of the free world. And that's probably my only real problem with it. As you guys do know, I have stated, yeah, I have the vaccine. I'm not scared of vaccines. The military shoved a whole bunch of stuff inside of me. And so it really didn't bother me that much. And I wanted to travel internationally. Like I'm going to France, Germany, and Mexico all before the end of the year. And I had to have a vaccine to go over there. I'm going to France because I want to see all the World War II sites. That's my birthday gift to myself. Anyway, I'm just saying the way that he stated it was more like a dictator, more like Kim Jong-un or, or, or China's communist party leader. Like that, that's, or maybe just the Taliban in general. That's, that's the way he dictated it. He, he literally said it like a dictatorship. He goes on to say, while America is in much better shape than it was the last seven months when I took office, I need to tell you for a second fact. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's really hard sometimes to read the way that Biden speaks because his words are really jammed together. So if I get tongue twisted, that's why. We're in a tough stretch and it could last for a while, Biden said in an evening speech at the White House. Biden also signed an executive order requiring all government employees be vaccinated against COVID-19 with no option of being regularly tested or opted out. The president signed an accompanying order directing the same standard be applied to employees of contractors who do business. This, so it's not just the person who owns the, the contracted company. It's the employees that work for the contracted company that works for the federal government. 
See what I'm saying? So, you know when they say shit rolls downhill? Well, it's really just going to continue to roll downhill all the way. It goes on to say, here we go. The new emergency temporary standard from the Labor Department will require large employers to give their their, their workers paid time off to get vaccinated. That seems a little strange because it takes like three seconds to get vaccinated. Literally, you walk in, they shoot you up, you leave. If you do business, if, if businesses don't comply, the government will take enforcement actions, which could include substantial fines up to 14 thousand dollars per violation that is right you heard me right fourteen thousand dollars per violation each employer will decide exactly what they want to do but what we're saying though are through the department of labor rule which makes the process a minimum of testing once a week or full vaccination it done here goes on to say if you break the rules be prepared to pay and by the way show some respect oh man president biden is just getting out there just being hard on the americans he was He's much harder on Americans right now than he was on the Taliban over the last month. Let that also sink in. And then uh, there's just, here's a Biden's approval handling of COVID is slipping. And I would assume this is probably a big reason why he's wanting to push this mandate out right now. You guys do know the, the Afghanistan fiasco happened over this past month. And that pretty much shot his approval rating from, I think it was 66 down to 51. And now it's sitting at like 43. And he is, it's just, it's been pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. But as of right now, poll conducted at the end of August found 52% of respondents approve of Biden's handling in the pandemic, a 10-point drop from June. So that's, it's pretty significant. And I would assume this has to do with this past month and him losing a lot of his, his base and the independent base as, as a whole. He has absolutely just shot himself in the foot with the people that, that voted for him in the independent category. So anyway, we'll move on with that. So I got some other articles. I'm going to Sit here and pull from here. It said, uh, this is actually from, from the New York Post. And this, is, this says, Joe Biden's incoherent fear-mongering COVID vaccine speech. So I want you guys to realize I'm going to pull from two different sides here so you guys can have an understanding of what side is thinking what and what the other side is thinking. So this one starts off with, uh, it's 100% an opinion article. So he just goes on to say, but then he, he does state some facts. Only one out of every 160,000 fully vaccinated Americans was hospitalized for COVID per day. Okay, well, that's a pretty staggering number. Then he promised to shield them against the evil people who were threatening their very lives. We're going to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated coworkers. Now, whenever they talk about this, it always has kind of confused me in, in the slightest because it doesn't really make any sense because you're protecting the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. But if the vaccine works so well, then why would the vaccinated be worried about the unvaccinated? It's very strange. If you think about it like that, but the danger in what Biden himself called an epidemic of the unvaccinated is to the unvaccinated. That is what all the data shows. 99% of hospitalizations and more than 99% of the deaths from the Delta variant are among the unvaccinated. I I highlighted some more stuff. He was also announcing he's going to take actions that are likely unconstitutional using powers. The courts have repeatedly said were beyond the scope of presidential authority to compel private businesses to act as he wishes them to act. Sorry, I just got tongue twisted there. Anyway. And, and he goes on to say, well, he's trying to take, change the subject from Afghanistan. That's what I said a second ago, and that is very true. He's had an absolute just terrible week when it comes to Afghanistan and everything that's gone over there. And this is, this is pretty much what they're trying to do to deter you from thinking about that and, and realize what's still going on. I have a whole bunch of stuff that goes on about that that, that is absolutely terrible. Because think about it. He's trying to change the fact that we're going into the 20th anniversary of September 11th, which is tomorrow. And this is to pretty much, he was announced two days prior which on that same day he was giving praise to the Taliban, which I don't know if you guys realize that because it wasn't made into head news, headline news because he was talking about this. As much as I would love to continue to talk about the, 
the vaccine. I think it's pretty, pretty important. I generally don't talk about it too much, but most of you guys do know Republicans explode with fury over Biden vaccine mandate. And they claim that it's absolutely unconstitutional, which it may be. I don't know exactly because I'm not a lawyer, but I do have some stuff I'm going to tell you guys about. But I'm just going to read some of the stuff that they've said. This is from a, these are mainly just um, like this one's a Republican out of Florida. He said, getting the vaccine should be up to you and your doctor, not the federal government. That's what I stated at the very beginning. I don't really think it's the federal government's, or federal, federal government's job to mandate which vaccine, vaccine you have to have to work. Because it's kind of crazy is they mandated that you have to get the vaccine to work. And yet they were okay with paying you to stay home, not to work. It's why didn't they do If they were going to do this right now, why didn't they do it at the very beginning? instead of paying all these people all this money to stay home. The U.S. Constitution does not give the president this type of authority. Nowhere in the Article 2 of the Constitution will you find anything that even remotely gives the president this kind of power. And I highlighted this one because it actually is kind of interesting because they're talking about the Roe versus Wade stuff uh, as well. And this one states, how many workers will be displaced? How many kids kept out of classrooms? How many businesses fined? The vaccine is and should be a choice. We must and we will push back. So pretty much they're going to get a massive amount of lawsuits. I know the, I think it was the RNC is already pushing a, a lawsuit against the, the Biden administration. It's, it's so, so funny when, when you're looking at headlines and you're looking at a political side and what their agenda is at the, at the current thing that they're talking about right now, it's vaccine. A couple of days ago, it was the abortion laws in Texas. And they always state that it's like your body, your choice when it comes to abortion. But then when it comes to vaccines, it's not your body, your choice. You know what I mean? When there's a political agenda involved, and instilling fear in, in, in the hardworking American, then it's not really your choice, it's the government's choice. So I think less government is good. More government is, is, not, clear, is clearly not good because they come up with shit like this. But I did do you guys a solid, and a lot of you guys are going to be kind of worried, man, how do I get around getting this vaccine? I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be able to get around it because the more research I found, it is not really going to be possible. They have done this during the past. They did it during the smallpox epidemic in the 19th century and early 20th centuries. It was fairly common for states to mandate smallpox vaccines for large portions of the populations. Now, back then, I have no idea how they mandated that or even how they did that, to be honest with you. The first possible legal hurdle to the president's intended vaccine mandate has to do with the Commerce Clause of the United States Constitution, which gives Congress the constitutional power to regulate commerce, both with foreign nations and among the states. Now, this is very, very important to what they're talking about here. The question the courts will likely have to answer is whether OSHA, a federal regulatory agency asked with keeping workers safe, has the power to broadly mandate vaccines under the Commerce Clause. Obviously, the COVID pandemic has affected interstate commerce. We're talking about interstate travel. He said it travels from state to state and can be transmitted by people in any walk of life. So they're using interstate travel to be able to mandate it through OSHA. The Commerce Clause gives Congress the broad power to legislate Congress and has the power to delegate authority to agencies like OSHA and OSHA has authority to make the enforce the rules that protect workers' health and safety. The question of whether it's discriminatory, man, that's a tough word to say, or bur- burdensome, it's probably a stronger argument. But it isn't an argument that is necessarily eliminates mandate. Federal vaccine mandate would likely not be to dismantle or overturn. Instead, it would promote the regulation to be rewritten uh, in a more carefully tailor- tailored way. So that is also another thing. And the, the final one is the, the question of antibodies. Now, that is one that a lot of people have actually asked. A third question, one that is yet to be demanded the same attention as the previous two, is whether those who have already had COVID-19 should be subject to vaccine mandates. That's a good question to ask, right? More and more unvaccinated people who have already had the illness are starting to argue that they should be exempt from vaccine requirements because they have had COVID-19 antibodies that vaccines deliver to their bodies. I mean, you can't say that's not correct, right? It's kind of true. We don't know how long it lasts, though. We also don't know how long anything lasts. 
Now, the flu changes every single year. That's why you have to get a different flu shot. The challenge could end up being a due process clause. If you can prove that you had COVID-19, you may end up with a compromise rule uh, where a specific number of antibodies levels could possibly exempt you from the vaccine. So there you go. There's three different things right there right out the gate. I don't know much about law. I'm not a lawyer. I'm sure Ben Shapiro is absolutely going on a rant today about law because he's an actual lawyer. I'm, I'm not. I didn't go to school for it, so I'm not going to sit there and harp on it. I do have some other stuff, though. You know what? Let's go ahead and roll that clip from yesterday because that one is phenomenal and I think they need to hear it. You need opportunities as well so that hard work can actually translate into economic success and that's where the government comes into play. No, the government does not come into play when it comes to your success. I never once had the government say, hey, I'm going to give you this handout so you can be fucking successful. No, I had to go out in there and fucking work just like every other American I know. I, I am telling you, I know a lot of successful people that have made tens and hundreds of millions of dollars and not a single one of them has had a government handout. That's a fucking factual statement. Take that to the bank. I have a good friend, Hector Rodriguez, born in Mexico, literally had absolutely fucking nothing. The dude is ultra successful now, had zero government handouts. So what does this person say? That my buddy, because he's a, he's a Hispanic gentleman from Mexico, has made tens of millions of fucking dollars. He's only successful because he had a government handout? No, it's because he worked his fucking ass off and he did something different. That is why he's successful. Sorry, I'm getting really irritated with this one. This one kind of chapped me up just a little bit. Okay, so before I move on to a whole bunch of stuff about people that are absolutely terrible for, for just mankind, I was going to touch on this. Uh, Harris does the sale of Texas abortion law as patently unconstitutional. The reason why I put this one inside of here, and at the end of what we just discussed is for the simple fact of, if this is patently unconstitutional, how are they going to be able to mandate and force people to get a vaccine? That's This is what I was talking about when it comes to political agendas within certain parties. And I'm trying to trying to state this to you guys because there's not going to be a lot of people that have my following that are going to ever say anything like this because, like I said, they're too scared of, of like hurting their t-shirt sales or they're too scared of anything. And I'm just I'm just honestly I'm just fucking sick and tired of it. No one ever wants to speak speak about anything that's going on. So I think this is why I want to utilize this platform to do this. So with that being said, Vice Vice President Kamala Harris condemned the Texas abortion law as patently unconstitutional on Thursday. Okay, well I'm glad she did that. But you're going to have a lot of people are going to say that. This whole vaccine shit's patently unconstitutional at the same time. The president and I are unequivocally in support of Roe vs. Wade and the Constitution of Roe vs. Wade, the right of the woman to make decisions for themselves with whoever they choose and about their own bodies. So that's the same thing as what the, like, how could you go on and state this and then a day later or the same day you're like, well, you know what, we're going to force you guys to get an injection. You can't fucking do that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how could you, how could you, how could a, a simple minded person as myself Look at this and be like, you know what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Sure, go ahead and get your abortion. That's fine. I don't care. It doesn't fucking hurt me. I'm pro-life. But you know what? I can't stop you from getting it because this is America. My question is, who are you to determine that I need to get a vaccine? I do have the vaccine, but I'm just, I'm just trying to state it from, the, from an average person. You know what I mean? That's, that's a fantastic argument they can, they can use right now. So that's the only I just want to bring it up. That's all I want to bring up about it. I don't want to discuss that anymore because to be, to be honest, I'm not a giant fan of Kamala Harris. She went into hiding basically when everything went bad for Joe Biden. And we all know that pretty much Joe Biden picked up Kamala Harris for no, just for votes. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't like him. She stated it publicly that she didn't like him. It's just all, it's all political bullshit. All right, let's move on. So on the exact same day that they announced all the COVID-19 vaccine, the Biden administration also praises the Taliban. Yes, they praised the fucking Taliban. Of all people, of all people. I don't know why they keep doing this because I, I stated this in the last previous podcast. There is still killing people. They're still beheading people. They stoned a person to death last week. They kicked a pregnant woman because she was an American. They kicked her in the, in the stomach to try to kill the baby. They've been going house to house, literally seeking and to, to kill Americans while we, like before we left. They've absolutely beat the shit out of journalists. I mean, absolutely just whooped them. 
like whip, like if you guys have not seen the photos, I don't, I'm not going to show them on here. But go ahead and go look them up. The White House goes on to say this. The Taliban have been cooperative in facilitating the departure of American citizens and lawful permanent residents on charter flights out of the airport. I'm just going to say the airport. The administration claimed in a statement after American citizens were finally evacuated out of Afghanistan after being left there. They were fucking left there by this administration. So I don't know why we're giving them fucking praise. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I know a lot of you people who are listening to this right now think the same way I do. They have shown that they're talking about the fucking Taliban. They have shown flexibility and they have been businesslike and professional in our dealings with them in this effort. This is a positive first step. Remember that positive first step. Positive first step in the fucking what? In what? Working with one of the most brutal terrorist organizations on planet Earth? Like, are you fucking... So th- this, this is where it gets, gets me pretty, pretty heated. So you have the Taliban, who are clearly one of the most organized terrorist or terror organization on planet Earth. Them, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, um, Haqqani Network. A lot, of the, a lot of y'all think that they're all the same. They're kind of all separate, but kind of the same. They kind of have the same ideology. So they all kind of think somewhat the same. Some are more really extreme than others. ISIS is probably the most extreme of them all. So I find it very ironic, though, that you have the party, the left, who is in control of the White House right now. So I'm going to use them for example as of right now. They scream from the rooftops about women's rights and their abortion rights and shit like that. And it's just, you know, they, they always scream from the rooftop, which is fine. You can do that all you want. I don't, it don't really bother me. But you can't really... You, your words are, are, are basically empty when you allow and you, you partner with a terrorist organization or friendly with them who absolutely despises women and uses them only for the sole purpose of reproduction. Men are for pleasure. Women are for reproduction when it comes to the Taliban. I know this for a fact. And you ask any veteran that has been in Afghanistan, they know the truth. That is it. That's it right there. I mean, I've seen some nasty shit and heard it. I'm just saying right now, that's the way it is. I'm not going to go into detail on this, this thing because it's, it's trying to keep it at least PG-13. It goes on to say, we will continue these efforts to facilitate the safe and orderly travel of American citizens, lost, lawful permanent residents, and Afghan who worked for U.S. and wish to leave Afghanistan. Because there is an ongoing terrorist threat to operations of this nature, we will not be sharing details of these efforts before people are safely out of the country. The reason why they're not sharing them is because they're not fucking doing anything about it. You have an American team of U.S. vets and, and uh, civilians that are funding operations to get people out of Afghanistan. The federal government has done fucking nothing. Absolutely nothing. And what's crazy, as I talked about in yesterday's podcast, and when I say they've done absolutely nothing, yes, they may have taken 100-some thousand people out of Afghanistan, but they flew them to a, a base here in the United States. And the fucking refugees were taking Ubers out of the base, and they were told not to stop them. The only thing they couldn't do, um, or excuse me, not the, the only thing they told them is that if they were to leave, their visa processing w- would stop. So you're telling me that, that we didn't vet any of these people either because they didn't get vetted whatsoever, if you guys didn't know this. The ones that were leaving, we're not getting vetted and we can't keep tabs on them because we don't know their name. And a lot of people wonder, man, how do they not know their name? Well, Afghanis, they don't, they, they don't even know how old they are sometimes. They have no idea how old they are. Their IDs are literally non-existent or there's some shitty piece of paper. They don't, sometimes they don't even have an ID. I mean, everybody's also named the same as well. If you didn't know this, there are so many Mohammeds in Afghanistan, in Iraq and all that area. They're all literally, their last names are Mohammed something like it, they're all the same. And it has to do with the religion. And that's why we, we, we invented the thing called the hides and bats so we can control, we know what their eyes and we, and their handprints and shit like that. Everybody literally had the same exact name and it was hard to, to distinguish who was who and who was telling the truth and if we had seen that person before and so on and so forth. Just last week, the Taliban blamed America for 9-11 hijacking in a newly released video that was aired on Afghanistan television. The Long War Journal reported the production 
Victorious Force 3 is the latest in a series of short films celebrating the Taliban squadrons, modern squadrons, that is the units responsible for conducting complex suicide attacks. So you're telling me that we're being friends with a fucking Taliban that gets, if you're sitting at your house right now or in a car or whatever you're doing, if this doesn't make you mad as you sit here and watch this or listen to this, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it seems like everything at the upper echelons of this, this, this government is so just ass backwards right now. So ass backwards. And this was as of 18 hours ago yesterday. Biden officials also praised Bergdahl prisoner swap that released terrorists now in Taliban cabinet. Now this is the other thing. The administration was very irritated because the, the, the new government that, that's going on in Afghanistan was fully compromised of men. That was what they were so angry with the Taliban over. They were mad because it compromised fully. But what the fuck did you expect? Not only was it just fully comprised of men, it was comprised of the, the men that were released from Gantuana. Gantuana. Oh my gosh. I feel like Biden right now. Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. We're just going to say the Bay. We're just going to say the Bay. Uh, top officials now residing in the, in the Biden administration once praised the 2014 exchange of five Taliban members for Army sol soldiers Bo Bergdahl swap as ab absolutely worth it. That is fucking asinine. As I spoke about this in yesterday's podcast, or was it the day before? Was it yesterday's? It was yesterday's. Bo Bergdahl is one of the biggest piece of shit. He was an, an, an Afghan Taliban sympathizer is what he was. I'm going to say more or less, he was a, a Taliban sympathizer. I mean, I went in, and went in detail in it in, in yesterday's podcast. If you haven't seen it, go, go listen to it. You'll, you'll understand. Someone asked Jen Psaki, was it worth it? And she said, absolutely. She was the State Department, uh, Department spokeswoman. She did state that we have a commitment to our men and women serving in the military, defending our national security every day, that we're going to do everything to bring them home if we can. And that's what we did in this case. There was, this was one of the worst things we've ever done as I could think in recent years as a country. Like personally, this was terrible. Bo Bergdahl was an absolute piece of shit who did not want to come back, who literally left his base willingly or he left his post base uh, willingly. He me and him were in the same exact province. He left a couple years prior to me getting there. I was down in the same area he was in. I do recall that we were getting reports that there was an American that was helping the Taliban and the local militias that were fighting against us. Like literally giving, he was giving classes, IED classes on how to kill us. So why the fuck would we want to bring back Bo Bergdahl? Can anybody explain that? And release, and release five members that are now in charge of Afghanistan. In addition, six soldiers were killed that were tasked for looking uh, for, Bo, for Bo Bergdahl. Let that also sink in. He then pleaded guilty to desertion in 2017, but evaded any prison time following his conviction in 2020. He literally got let off the hook. I think he had 10 months uh, where he had to pay $1,000 a month back pay, no prison time whatsoever, and he was reduced to private first class or private as a rank, and he got a dishonorable discharge. Basically a fucking slap on the wrist. We had six people die for him, and we gave back five Taliban members. For this piece of shit to come back and just be dishonorably discharged. Let him sit over there. The motherfucker walked off his, his post and deserted everybody anyway. According to a local Afghan news outlet listing the newest members of the Taliban government, um, Shithead One, who I was going to say, who served as a deputy minister of intelligence before his capture and detainment in Guantanamo Bay from 2002 to 2014, will act as the director of intelligence. So this motherfucker sat in, in, in the bay. We're just going to call it the bay because I cannot say the word for some reason. The Bay. He sat there for 12 fucking years and is now the director of intelligence. Okay. Another shithead who was also held for 12 years has been designated as the acting minister of borders and tribal affairs. Another shithead will serve as the acting minister of information and culture 
And another shithead, of course, his name, like I said, is Muhammad. There's another one who was accused of committing war crimes prior to his detainment will take up as a role of defense deputy minister. So the defense deputy minister of the Taliban committed war crimes and was held in the Bay, Guantanamo, for 12 fucking years. So there you go. How's that make you feel? Yes, that should make you feel that, that should that should make you pretty irritated, to be honest with you, because this is this is all out there. No one really wants to discuss it because they're all too fucking scared. Everybody's too scared to discuss this on other than Fox. I guess Fox says it talks about it all the time, but I'm talking about like our administration doesn't want to bring it up. Everybody always brings up the same thing. I bet you it's inside the comments right now. I know it is. The same thing gets brought up. I'll talk about the five detainees that were released that are now running the Taliban. And what does everybody always say that has no fucking argument towards this? Well, you know, Trump released 5,000 5, detainees. Okay, like, fucking great. Guess what? We also, there was no firefights for 18 months because they knew if they were to shoot at us during that 18-month period when we released those people that we would kill a very large number of them very easily. So I don't, when I'm talking about the Taliban that is during this entire exchange. You can go both ways, but if that is your argument, you need to find a new one because I, I think the 5,000 prisoners or whatever that Trump did give up, it was probably a, a, a bit better than releasing people that have war crimes. And actually one of the people, you guys didn't know this, the Haqqani Network guy, has a $10 million bounty on his head by the FBI. And his, his uncle, who's also in charge in Afghanistan, has a $5 million bounty on his head by the FBI, who was released by who? The guy previous to Trump. So if you're going to bring up the 5,000 prison release, how about you think about that one prior? I don't just going to throw it out there. I can, I, can, I can bash both presidents all day. President Trump made a fuckload of weird mistakes that were just kind of like, oh, what the hell? But you wouldn't be able to tell me that every single country was scared of the guy. Everybody was. The Taliban was scared of him. The thing about Taliban and, and, and those people over there, you can't change their ideological ways of the way that they think. That'll never, you can, you can smash the absolute shit out of them. You can kill a whole bunch of them, but you'll never be able to change, change the way they think. I don't care who you are. You will not be able to change their, their, the ways that they look at America. They're always going to want to kill us. 100%. That's not going to change. So like I said earlier, so the White House is more worried the Taliban cabinet is full of men than full of terrorists. Senator of the Armed Service Committee member Tom Cotton said Thursday, it is clear the Biden administration is concerned with the fact that Taliban's new Afghan political leadership is, 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 is literally entirely full of males rather than exclusively composed of terrorists, which you guys shouldn't be super shocked of this because they're always trying to push some super crazy agenda and they can't see through their own bullshit. This gentleman goes on to say all the Guantanamo detainees that Barack Obama returned in from Afghanistan for the trade or Bo Bergdahl have found their way back to Afghanistan and are all senior positions of responsibility in the Taliban government, just like I had stated. So, the White House is more worried about the inclusion of women into the government parties of Afghanistan than they are with literally having... The, the entire thing is full of terrorists now. The entire thing. Not even just like 1% or 2%. The entire thing is full of people that have up to $15 million of the bounties on their head by the FBI. But that's okay. That, that's fine. The, the bounties are fine, but they didn't include women. That's a fucking problem. Okay, so this one is uh, brand new. This is literally of, of this morning. This is an exclusive thing I had found. It took me literally actually like two hours to find an article like this. And I like finding stuff like this because the, the mainstream medium isn't talking about it whatsoever. And it shows kind of a little bit about what's going on in Afghanistan as of right now and what's going to continue to happen. So this is inside the Taliban's special forces. It's called the Suicide Squad. So they are stationed right now up inside of a former school that I promise you we, bit, we paid for. 
our taxpayer dollars. We, we built so many schools in Afghanistan, like so many schools. I couldn't tell you how many times we walked around and we'd go to these village elder meetings and these little meetings, they call them shuras. And you would talk to them like, oh, we're coming. We'll build a school. We'll help build up your police force. We'll build a little, we'll, 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 we'll arm your men so you guys can take care of yourself and fight the Taliban while we're not here. That's pretty much what would happen. This former school now serves as a new base of the Taliban's elite special forces unit known as Badgery 313 or the Badgery Command, but it is only home to the hardest of hard fighters who roam the grounds clad in camouflage and touting an arsenal of American-made weapons. It is also it is also for those who train to become uh, suicide or martyrdom or bombers, they call themselves. The command has two parts, one high-ranking fighter whose name is, I later learned, Havis Badri, who tells me in a low voice, a very low voice. There are those who train to be special forces fighters and those who train to be special suicide bombers. Yes, you have to be a very special fucking psychopath to be a want to, to want to be a suicide bomber. The battalion is heavily equipped with state-of-the-art American equipment, including camouflage armor, uh, body armor, Humvees, night vision goggles, M4, M16s. For their sidearms, they have shiny new Glocks and 1911s. Yes, 1911s and Glocks. We don't have official training when we join the Taliban, Battery said. A native of Hellman problems. The Hellman's a pretty terrible place, by the way. It always has been and always will be. We just got the guns and we started. So that kind of gives me a little hope. But these, these guys, they just pick up some guns and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to train ourselves. Yeah, okay. We'll see how that fucking goes. And then he goes on to say, one has to have done special actions designed for this command before being picked for training. As for the suicide bombers, he and fellow top fighter Shithead 1... Oh, he's 26. Concurred that they are overwhelmed with those wanting to be chosen for the esteemed cadre. It is not. Oh my gosh. So people are literally begging to be suicide bombers right now in Afghanistan. That's great. It is not about picking in this case. It is about eagerness. Badri says with enthusiasm. There are some fighters who even come to us crying and begging, asking why we don't pick them for the suicide squad. So if you guys are wanting to join the suicide squad, there's an actual one right now currently in Afghanistan. That doesn't mean what we think here in America with our goofy fucking movie. This is uh, real. One trained suicide bomber I spoke to, this is what the journalist says, in 2017, who was just 17, when he was ordered to attack the German embassy in the northern city of Mazar Sharif. I have actually been there quite a few times. It's a massive city. In the late 2016, but passed out and could not go through with it. The others on the attack team killed six people and wounded 100 more said he was trained near the Pakistan border. The first weeks involved heavy Islamic teachings, followed by weapons and physical exercise. God, I would love to watch physical exercise these motherfuckers do. I really would. I mean, I give them props. They can run around the mountainside in the side of their, in those, in those fucking flip-flops like champs. I give them props. They're like little goats. They really are. There just goes to show you that these people are the ones that we're trying to work with. I guess our federal government is trying to work with these people right here. And I wanted to bring up this article just because of all the shit that I've said pr- previously, I, you, you realize that the Taliban has a, a, a special forces unit that is training people to be suicide bombers. And we're, we're telling them that they're, they're great businessmen and they're, they're really good and we can trust them. So you see what I'm getting at here? So the average age of a Badri fighter is between 25 and 30 and the suicide bombers are usually around 20, 20 year olds and, up, and above. So when they say 20 year olds, are meaning that they're just getting younger men, they're influencing them to be these suicide bombers. That's pretty much it. Indeed, suicide missions over the past decade become a staple of them insurgencies group strategy to instill fear and eventually capture the country blowing oneself into bits in the name of martyrdom is viewed as a revert act even son of the islamic emirate of afghanistan's new supreme leader the shithead number one is reported to have been a suicide bomber we have unlimited recruits if we capture one thief this one i don't really understand it says if we capture one thief 40 people then come to collect 
our numbers to join. That one, I don't really understand what that means, but they say they have unlimited amounts of recruits and they're accepting foreign fighters. While the fighters are now echoing a message of peace in the conquered country, there is no indication that the suicide school will cease. The men who also made it clear that the heavy weaponry and building up of their air force is next to focus on their agenda. I would love to see the Taliban build uh, their own air force. That would be fucking phenomenal. That would be great. It'd be very enjoyable for us to watch that one. We're going to concentrate our training on the big arms as well as the helicopters, jets, and whatever is available. We're training on these to show the world that we can do it. <sighs> but I will say this. I, I, if you guys have not seen some of the stuff that was left behind, I'm looking at an image right now. It is that of an M4 ACOG, uh, very expensive light that looks like a PEC-15 on it. I mean, they do. There's an M240 Bravo right there, belt-fed ammunition. They got it all over the table. Bullshit M16s, they still work fine. But they have pretty good radio comms, it looks like. Man, I, I would imagine this fucking place smells like a comp- like just terrible like absolutely terrible i feel bad for those reporters in there because it probably just reeked of ass yeah look at those fucking sandals this dude's wearing sandals the ultimate sandals right there so in other news biden speaks to uh china's leader about avoiding conflict uh, amid tense ties so if you guys don't know this it's been seven months since biden has actually spoke to the leader of china since he's pretty much been in office and uh they had a chat on the phone uh during a broad strategic discussion the two leaders spoke about openly straightforwardly about areas where U.S. and Chinese interests overlap and defer in a statement describing the call the White House had underscored the United States' enduring interest in peace, stability, and prosperity in Asia and beyond. Biden did go on to say afterward that he warned that if the U.S. doesn't get moving, they're going to eat our lunch. What in the fuck does that mean? What do you, what do you mean if the United States doesn't get moving, China's going to eat our lunch? You are literally the leader of the United States. You are. What do you mean if we don't get fucking moving? Literally states right here. Afterward, he warned that if the U.S. doesn't get moving, they're going to eat our lunch. Then get fucking moving. Stop worrying about fucking something that that is meaningless in America, which is generally on their on their agenda. Why did like you literally just said this? So if China eats our lunch, then whose fault is it? I mean, he just said this publicly. So can we can we put the blame on on Biden if we lose to China or what? When it comes to trade and everything else, because they're talked about cybersecurity, human rights, and trade. So there you go. If you guys didn't know. Biden just put it out there that if we don't fucking hurry up and do something and move quickly and, and fast, Biden, uh, or excuse me, China is going to eat our lunch, which they already are because we're allowing them to do so much bullshit right now from stealing technology and, and, and so on. If you guys didn't know, I stated the other day in, in yesterday's podcast about Chinese, uh, what are they called? I call them concentration camps, but they're called re-education camps. That's what they're called. If you guys did not know what re-education camps are, probably should go look it up. That's another reason why they want to be friends with the Taliban because they do not want to incite a, a um, Islamic type terroristic issue that they could possibly have in one of the regions of of Afghanistan, or excuse me, of of China. So they take all the Muslims inside of China and they put them inside of these these concentration type camps, what they're called um, re-education camps, to try to re-educate them into the communist way of thinking. This is real. This is not me making it up. It's kind of like the same thing they got going on in Australia, except they're not teaching you to be communists. They're just forcing you to sit inside of a house for two weeks and quarantine you so there you go biden speaks to the president of china with his powerful powerful messaging and i know china's supreme leader was extremely scared of biden they ate ice cream afterwards and it was fun so if you live in los angeles which oddly enough we have our top three areas that people listen to this this podcast are actually from seattle la new york couldn't imagine why but there we go but if you're living in los angeles listen to this i uh want to let you know that your school board there in, in la just voted to mandate COVID-19 vaccines for all eligible students that are 12 and older. So you kids cannot go to school 
in an actual public school, that is right, a public school without having a vaccine. The proposal approved Thursday requires all eligible students that are 12 years age or older to receive their first COVID-19 dose by no later than November 21st and to be fully vaccinated by December 19th. Students who participate in person extracurricular activities, including sports, face an earlier deadline of October 3rd. The first dose of vaccine and has to be uh, administered no later than October 31st. Students who decline the vaccine and have no exemptions can participate in online independent study programs. Yes, that is right. Your kids won't get any fucking schooling, essentially. About 15,000 students are currently enrolled in the remote learning program, according to the board. So there you go. If you guys don't know, inside of this podcast, we don't just talk about Biden and what's going on. That's just what is uh, kind of the topics of the day. I try to bring up some war-related stuff every single episode because there's always some type of terrorism or something that's going on throughout the world that never gets covered. And I, I tend to kind of find some of it. Just takes a couple hours of research in the morning for me to kind of dig some of it up. All right. So there is apparently more evidence that is coming out that Donald Trump is running a shadow residency. That is right. This gentleman named Chris from the CNN, I can't, can't say your last name. Anyway, that gentleman right there, he's stating that President Trump is running a shadow presidency, which is somewhat kind of comical in a sense that Donald Trump doesn't even have a fucking social media account. They took it all from him. How can you be running a shadow presidency without a social media account? But he goes, that's exactly what Donald Trump is trying to do these days, overseeing some sort of shadow of presidency for the base of the Republican Party in which COVID-19 isn't that big of a problem. The 2020 election was stolen and he was right about, well, everything else. So that's what's funny about people like this. They're so fucking blinded by the way that they think that they can't see past the fact that, like, I myself, I'm more right than I am left, for sure, as most of you guys do know. But I know that Trump was a fucking idiot at times. Just like I know, Biden may have done some good things in his times, but as of late, he's pretty much, pretty much fucking incompetent. So I'm at least willing to say it. This kind of gentleman is saying the entire Republican Party is a, saying that COVID-19 isn't a big problem. No, it clearly is. I mean, it killed a whole bunch of people. Hundreds of thousands of people. It's a problem. Yes, I get it. It's a problem. But this is the this is the kind of asinine shit that I like to sift through on this on this podcast and really kind of fucking just in a sense debunk. The latest example of Trump's shadow president came Wednesday when the the Washington Post reported that Trump had spoken with several of family members who was killed who who those were killed by a suicide bomber in the final days of the American involvement in Afghanistan. So why is that a fucking problem? I don't know. Those calls follow a hard, considerable controversy over President Joe Biden's visit to Dover Air Force Base to attend the dignified transfer of the bodies of 13 American military members who were killed in the bombing. Several family members refused to meet with Biden, while others were confrontational with the president over his decision to end the war in Afghanistan. So how is he running a fucking shadow presidency? These guys and gals and, and parents, they didn't want to fucking meet with President Joe Biden because it's his fucking fault that their sons and daughters died. This has fucking nothing to do with the Trump. This is one of those kind of pieces that is trying to just smear another individuals for Biden's incompetency to actually complete the task at hand, which was to leave Afghanistan in a safe and timely manner. He left Afghanistan in a fucking disgraceful and, and, and deadly manner. Like, these people didn't have to die. I said this in the very first episode ever recorded on this podcast, is the fact that we did not have to give up Bagram Airfield, which is kind of funny because I was talking about yesterday that China is now thinking about taking over Bagram Airfield because it's a strategic op- uh, position for the Middle East. And that's what I was discussing. It's a strategic, strate- oh my gosh, find your words, strategic position for uh, a country to hold within that area. We hold positions everywhere in the world. Japan, uh, I was about to say China, but not China. Japan, South Korea, South America, a few, like multiple places, South America, Philippines, Africa, 
uh, Iraq still. Yes, we're still in Iraq near Syria. Like, think about that. I want to let you guys know, like everywhere in the world, Germany, all these places we have, we had no reason to give that one up. He gave it up for a political reason. I'm not going to go on that anymore because I have in the past. And if you want to go listen to those podcasts, go to the very first podcast that's ever been on here and listen to it. You guys want to know the fucking truth about Afghanistan? That is it. This guy is, this guy's evidence right here is, is fucking asinine. He's not running a shadow president just because he wouldn't go see, he went to go talk to the families is not that big of a deal. Maybe he feels that he is somewhat at fault for what had happened. You don't fucking know what happened inside of there. When we all know who's at fault to this thing. And a lot of people can say, oh, well, they didn't have the intel. I in Texas knew a month prior that this shit was going to happen. Okay, we're done with that, Charles. I was going on a little bit of a rant there. Get myself all worked up. Not because of Trump, because of some idiot that's sitting in fucking CNN's office like, I'm going to make an article that says this because I'm a, yes. He has no fucking idea what the hell he's talking about. That good, Charles? That make you feel good? I should get a mic for Charles so he can answer. It's like, yeah, I feel good about that shit. So I wanted to throw this one in there. It's a little bit of a kind of on the ironic side in a sense, but California has asked Biden administration to allow gas plants to run at a maximum. California's grid operator has asked the Biden administration to allow some natural, ga- <laughs> natural gas plants to operate without pollution restrictions for 60 days to shore up the state's tight electricity supplies. So Larry Elder is inside of California right now. Going around, if you guys are not, if you guys are in California, you make sure that when the vote for the recall election goes around. I would highly suggest thinking about yes, no is going to put you in the same position you're in right now. Major, massive taxes, huge just government restraints on your your daily lives, and that is why 170,000 people are currently leaving California right now every single year to move to Texas. If you guys did not know that, because Texas is fucking awesome. But the move is the latest example that California struggle to move away from fossil fuels like natural gas that contribute to climate change. Oh, fuck. Wild. Governor Gavin Newsom this year has already loosened restrictions on diesel generators and engines in the state's water agency uh, gas-fired power plants to boost its supplies. The state is increasingly relying on large amounts of wind and solar energy okay, that only runs when the wind is blowing and the sun is shining. Yes, that's the only way they could get power. Imagine it's a stale, stagnant day with clouds. That uh, <laughs> They're just fucked. This year, extreme drought has slashed the state's hydroelectric power capacity while wildfires threaten transmission lines in other states. This is just a shit show in California. California has said to face potentially supply shortfall of up to 3,500 megawatts. I didn't know what that meant, so I I had to look it up. That has enough power to generate 2.6 million homes. Holy shit, that sounds like a big crisis to me, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say, Charles? I would fucking say so. All right, here we go. That's 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 the that's the tasty one right there. And if you guys did not know, I didn't do too much research on this because it kind of like popped up in my feed. But uh, I, I generally kind of like search stuff like terrorism or terrorist, or and I just kind of want to know what's going on. So this is an article that I found by NPR. It was released on September 10th, so today at 6:15. So holy shit, I found this thing right when it went live. Like literally right when it li- went live. It says, "When should we label something terrorism?" There's a difference between terrorism and domestic terrorism. Okay, you have you have to know this. And if you don't know this, then it's not going to this isn't going to make any sense and you're not going to be able to to argue with anybody or have a conversation with anybody about about what I'm about to say. Domestic, but terrorism itself. The unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of a political uh, aims. That is the definition of terrorism. The definition of domestic terrorism, the committing of terroristic acts in the perpetrator's own country against their fellow citizens. So keep in mind, those are two totally different things. Okay. They have 
the same word inside of them, terrorism or terrorist or whatever you want, to, but one is domestic. So they're discussing when should something be labeled terrorism? So I was like, fuck, I need to click on this. I'm just going to take a gander and read it. Maybe, maybe it's got some stuff in here. And it goes off to initially start it. What do you call the people who violently stormed the Capitol on January 6th? And I instantly knew, holy shit, they've got a, uh, there's an agenda attached to this right out the gate. Like, you already know where this is going. Rioters, insurrectionists, terrorists. After the attack, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi used all three labels. There's an ongoing debate about the term people who think that the most precise word to describe what happened on January 6th. And I was like, holy shit, what are they going to say next? Say that pro-Trump mob, I was like, fuck, here they go. Fits a dictionary definition of terrorist, a person who uses an unlawful violence and intimidation against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. Yes, that is the dictionary term of a terrorist. But we're, we would be talking about what? Not terrorists. We're talking about domestic terrorism. Like, this is our domestic terrorist. Like, this is because it's happened in one own country against its own people. So that, that's when I found out what was going on within this article and what, what their political agenda was here. They wanted to say that the pro-Trump, everybody who was pro-Trump was for the mob on January 6th. I didn't vote for Trump the first time around. I didn't vote for Hillary. For one, I thought they were both fucking idiots. And this next round, I voted for Trump because I was like, oh my God, I can't deal with one idiot. May as well keep one that at least knows going to do decent things for the economy. But they try to label every single person that voted for Trump a, a terrorist. She goes on to say a Black Lives Matter organizer in Pan-African Studies professor at California State University uses terrorism to describe what we saw that day. And what we're attempting to do is terrorize, Abdullah says. What they're attempting to do is elicit response that comes out of fear. But she gets even more specific and calls the group white supremacist terrorists. So this is when it gets kind of fucking, to me, kind of chaps my ass. So she wants to call, I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not for the January 6th stuff. I thought those people were fucking idiots. Like, there was no need for storming the Capitol and taking a photo with a fucking headdress on or I taking the gavel like it, it made no fucking you weren't going to complete you complete anything so I know that she was a part of the she is a part of uh she's a BLM organizer I got to thinking if 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 the people that stormed the January 6th are terrorists then what are the BLM riots wouldn't that be considered domestic terrorism in a sense I mean they did cause almost two billion dollars in damages and instilled fear on many 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 civilians within those cities as much as you would like to say they didn't but wouldn't but wouldn't it mean that you're instilling fear on a group of individuals inside of your country if you're having to board up fucking windows wouldn't that be considered instilling fear they're scared enough for you that you're going to hurt them and or steal their shit that they're having to board up the windows so wouldn't that be the same thing in saying that if january 6th were terrorists okay we can you can label them that if you'd like to we'll call it domestic terrorism but that means that you would have to label antifa and BLM in the same category because they're instilling fear on a general population of civilians within the United States. She goes on to say, until then, Abdullah says she'll continue to use white supremacist terrorism to refer to events that, cap- that ha- events that happened in the Capitol six, because to her, that's the most accurate language to describe what went down on Washington DC that day. Well, I'm going to tell you, the fuck was your name again? Abdullah? Yeah, Abdullah. To me, yeah, okay, sure. You can call them terrorists if you like, but I'm also going to do the same thing. I don't really fucking care if you call them terrorists because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, what they did was fucking stupid, like I said. But everything that BLM did and Antifa is still currently doing, Antifa should be labeled as a terrorist organization, a domestic one at that, because that's what they are. They should be labeled as a domestic terrorist, and BLM should probably be labeled in the same thing. I know that their their idea is justice and all this kind of stuff, which is fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. 
but you don't need to go around destroying people's shit and, and literally causing and instilling fear on a civilian population because that would be literally labeled domestic terrorism. And the only reason why people don't speak out and don't say anything like that is they're, they're, they're so fucking scared to be called a white supremacist. I am so far from being a racist or a white supremacist or anything like that. I know that for a fucking fact. Like I, I think it's almost comical that someone would like to call me that. And that's probably why no one's going to come. Well, I'm sure there's some in the comment section after this are going to say, you are nothing more than a super right wing fucking white. Like, that's not fucking true. You're just, if someone were to say that to me, I'd say, you just, you're just not intelligent enough to come up with an actual fucking reason why you don't like me. So you're just going to call me a fucking racist. Because everything is racist, which I found out. Hey, we found out yesterday. They changed the moth's name because it was racist. There's no such thing as a fucking gypsy moth anymore. If you did not know, it's gone. It's been fucking canceled because it's derogatory, even though gypsy means a, a nomad. So there you go. There's Speaking the Truth, episode 11. For all of you who are now on to the podcast or on to the video version of this, if you're not watching it or listening to it, you need to, vice versa. If you're on the road, go to Spotify or Apple, whatever it is. Let's see if we can get the top 20 in the world. I don't know. Let me check right now. Hold on. Let's see if we, we've changed. Oh, we're pretty much in the same exact spot. So. so I do hope you guys enjoyed this podcast over here. If you guys are new, please subscribe. If you guys are new to Spotify, or listening to this, just go ahead and sub or follow, whatever it is. I will catch you guys in an episode. Remember, if you speak the truth, people tend to fucking listen. I'm not. I'm out of here. See you guys.